cliffcentral.com. So we're going to get into my collection in a moment or two. We're waiting for Rail Demby from uh, the South African Gold Coin Exchange and the Scoin Shop. But maybe I'll just start anyway. So you know, oh, is, I've got it, is it your collection today? My collection today, yeah. Ooh. So you two get to ask me all about this, but I'll show you a couple of pictures. I'll take you on a little guided tour, all the rest of it. So I've got a laboratory in my house. Now, it's nothing It's nothing fancy. I'm not doing huge quantities of anything. Everybody, when you say to them you have a laboratory, they're like, well, you're breaking bad. You're making crystal meth. I wish I was. <laughs> I wish I was because then I could be making a good piece of side action money, right? I mean, there's a lot of money in that. But I don't know how to do organic chemistry yeah it's a little complicated I don't make drugs because first of all I wouldn't trust my own drugs so I wouldn't take them and if I sell them to someone else and something terrible happens to them then it's a problem for me which I don't need so Mm. I have a laboratory but it's purely out of curiosity I keep a whole bunch of of the the, uh, elements on the periodic table I do uh, basic ionic reactions uh, compounds i do acid and base reductions oxidations i'm not going to get into too much of the science of it because for many people it's boring the point is i have this curiosity about the world and the universe and i want to know what everything's made of right i want to know how Mm -hmm. it's constructed i want to know what because there there are basically 118 constituent elements of everything on it this is god's recipe book This is the stuff that everything that you can see and even the things that you can't see, that you can touch, that you can smell, that you can taste, that you can feel, all of that stuff that exists, that is the entirety of our experience in this universe is made of these elements. And the periodic table looks like this. You've probably seen pictures of it in in school on 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 the wall of every classroom. In the world is a periodic table, right? And it, it's, yeah. it's a pretty obvious thing. So that's what my little collection, here's what the, the picture on the wall of every, you know, every school yes. lab looks like. And those are the, those are the elements. You can point to any one of them. I can tell you what they are. I can tell you what they do. I can talk about them for hours. So it's going to, we're going to have to keep this fairly focused. I'll give you some examples of some of these, but I wanted to collect a sample of every element. I found out I'm not the only one, by the way. There are lots of people in the world, including Bill Gates, who has a periodic table in his house. Uh, there are lots of people who are fascinated with this stuff. It's not just me. So, Is there a difference um, with the ones with the black lids? Yeah, I'll tell you about that in a second. Okay, so this is my, this is my little periodic table. Each of those bottles contains a sample of one of the elements, and uh, it's arranged in, the, in the, the shape of the actual periodic table. The ones with the black lids are radioactive. So, oh. again, very, very small quantities, uh, if any. Uh, a lot of those I don't have because they're impossible to get. For example, that bottom row there that you see, and I've only gone up to the first six on that row, that's called the actinides. Um, very, very hard to make even an atom or two of those. So the first couple, those first six, are fairly available. Some of them get used in in applications like uh, smoke detectors, for example. Uh, there's usually a little button of something called actinium. Sorry, americium, not actinium. Americium in, in a, a smoke detector. A lot of the old-fashioned um, radio uh, – sorry, a lot of the old-fashioned watch faces that used to glow. Remember those? Yes. Those have some radium in them, um, but it would be a radium salt. 
So you can find little bits of them here and there, but most of the radioactive elements I don't want to keep because they'll put you on an international watch list and you won't be able to travel if you suddenly start Googling plutonium. So you've got to be careful ah. about that. You know, <laughs> and hence we bring up the Google search history and private. Correct. <laughs> yeah. So I'm I'm not collecting any of the stuff that is going to get me uh, followed by the CIA or the FBI. And some of these elements are very very dangerous. I'll get to those in a second. Um, are, there, anyway. are there any two of that bunch that you've got there that if you unscrewed the lids and just put them together, something would happen? There are lots. <laughs> lots. Oh. You get some very reactive um, elements and you get some uh, fairly inert ones, but pretty much all of them, with the exception of helium, will react with something under some conditions. And they've even managed to make recently helium react with things at very, very high or very, very low temperatures. So the whole reason that the periodic table is interesting to me is because the chemical reactions that come from it create everything. Uh, energy, life, um, all the all the the various compounds that we have in our daily existence they they've they've made pretty much everything you have in your house is some sort of combination of those one hundred and eighteen things. Your own body is also made of a combination of most of those. Of course, your body's mostly carbon, hydrogen, and oxygen. Those are the, the major parts of, of what you're made of, um, as are, are most organic molecules. So most living things are made of carbon. Carbon, by the way, is on this table. If I show you this again, you'll see carbon is in the top there. That's C. On the top right goes B-C-N-O-F-N-E. That C is for carbon. Carbon is amazing because it combines with itself and many other elements in such interesting ways that it is allowed life to exist. It's the basis of all living molecules. So that's why carbon's interesting. It also comes in two forms. There are a couple of others, but mostly two forms. Diamonds are pure carbon. So that's very expensive. Mm -hmm. And graphite, which is the lead in your pencil. So, you know, if you take a pencil out of the drawer, (laughs) yeah. But if you take a pencil out of the drawer, that pencil, the stuff that actually makes the mark is graphite, which is a form of carbon. So everybody has a little bit of that in their houses as well. Some of these, by the way, exist all around you. Obviously, the next two, nitrogen and oxygen, are in the air. And you breathe those in and you breathe them out every day. And they are essential for respiration. Um, and then you get a combination of carbon and oxygen, carbon dioxide, which you breathe out, which is uh, also part of, of, of most living things. Of course, plants love carbon dioxide. They use it. We exhale it, so we don't have much use for carbon dioxide, but plants use it to build the molecules and the sugars and to help them to generate energy to live and so on. All right, so what do you want to know here? Let me go through some of these things. Uh, this is the whole collection. Uh, there's Some of these samples are very, very hard to find. Some of them are very expensive. Some of them I still don't have, and it drives me crazy because I like to complete the the whole series. But here, mm. for Collectomania, this is gold. Gold is something that the South African Gold Coin Exchange and, and Rail and the guys there know all about. It's obviously an element. The reason it's special is because gold is found in its natural state. It, it, that's how it looks. It looks the same on your ring as it does in real life. I see Rail's joining us now. The nice thing about gold is that it's you can instantly recognize it. It's the only metal that has that color. Hey, Rail, how's it, man? 
Hey, what's up? Sorry for the delays. No stress. Okay. We, we, also, we also had some technical issues this morning. We're just going through my element collection, and I started off with gold because I knew you were going to join us. So gold is one of the elements on the periodic table. Um, I've got a little sample of it there, but I've also got, you know, little bits of gold. I've got some gold rings. I've got some gold foil, um, which you would use very, very thin um, gold leaf, which you can use for, for all kinds of, of, of crafts and decorations and things. And most people have gold in their technology around them. So you might have gold in your phone. You might have it in some electrical components of your computer. It's a great conductor. And it's found in the state. So they've mined gold and it's been a source of, of, of value and a, and, a, and a repository of value for humans for thousands of years. And it is a chemical element. So, Rail, you'll be interested in some of these chemical elements because some of them are probably metals that you've heard of at the South African Gold Coin Exchange. I'll just show you the most expensive element in my collection. And these are two little grains. Look at these things. They are. You can see a little hair there. It looks like an eyelash or something. But basically, those two little pieces of very shiny silver. We're not metal. seeing them yet for some reason. Can you see them? Let me just try and reload it then. Hang on. Can you see them now? There we go. Okay. Those little pieces of metal, which are tiny. I, I mean, I, I, you could probably, if I held a pencil next to them, uh, the pencil would be, the lead in the pencil would be thicker than either of those pieces. That's called rhodium. Rhodium metal, at the moment, I think is trading at some $16,000 a gram or something. So it's mm. very expensive. It's a byproduct of platinum mining, and it's used in very specific applications. They use rhodium in, um, ironically, in costume jewelry because you just need a, a layer that's like one atom thick, basically, and it's very reflective. And for that reason, they also use rhodium in dental mirrors. You know those little mirrors that the dentist sticks in your mouth? Mm. It reflects so perfectly um, that it's it's got very specific uses. They use it in catalytic converters too. But recently, because of the price of it, and because it's a byproduct of platinum mining, it's also become a repository of some value. So I saw Rail was busy shaking his head. Yes, you know what rhodium is. I mean, you guys obviously deal with a lot of these rare metals, and there are, there's a group called the Platinum Group Metals, platinum, palladium, gold, um, Osmium, iridium, uh, and and these are these. This is one of those those metals. Um, very rare, very difficult to find. Have you ever asked anyone to make a rhodium coin for you? So you sound very very knowledgeable on the whole idea of the the metals themselves. And over time, I think the mints from around the world have chosen the best metals to be used as coins. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the idea of some of these cannot be uh, minted properly. Uh, it would maybe be a bit too soft. It could bend, it could melt. Uh, you know, right. base metals are used in coins that we all use in our pockets. They have like a longevity. And uh, we've come across uh, platinum and palladium coins before. We've sold them before. Yeah. Um We've uh, th this idea of other metals like rhodium. Uh, I don't actually know if there is ever been a, a rhodium coin, um, maybe because it's expensive or because of the type of metal. Um, so gold became the uh, maybe it was the most popular coin to use. It just sort of developed into the most uh, famous and uh, easily malleable type of metal. Uh, yep. I would say I'm not an, a metal expert. I think there's 
some incredible people and uh, science guys and people uh, who know this stuff a lot better than I. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the silver is also really strong and it became part of yep. the, uh, the the world of, of coins as well. Uh, sometimes people come into our stores and they have a little uh, Krugerrand and it's, um, it's been encased in a gold necklace or chain and it's quite popular uh, as mm-hmm. gifts that were given out to people. Um, the problem with that is it, it sort of compromises the integrity of the coin itself because um, you can now clip the edges and damage the yeah. coin. Um, but you can also find safer ways to encapsulate those coins. And so, so just full disclosure, we, we got into, well, I um, got into the coin game and the whole like metals game is very different, but we've, sure. we've, uh, we've dabbled in the platinum and palladium. We have this, uh, this really cool coin that was launched by the, the Nobel Institute and the man, um, it was a Mandela medallion from the mint of Norway and it's platinum and palladium and they look absolutely identical. And the yep. only way to tell is you need this like stronger than a, a dentist mirror, uh, not mirror, but the micro, uh, microscope. microscope. And there's just, and there's just a PT for platinum or a PD for palladium and the T and the D is so similar it's it's really difficult to tell so sometimes uh, pe- people actually don't know if they have a, a platinum or palladium and the only way right. to find these things out is to melt them back to its original source so uh, what's called an assay uh, if That's you see right. on some gold it will say assay and they'll give you a result but the only way to tell is to melt it um, so well, you, you I'll know. tell you what, like, this is interesting because I have, I have obviously some of these, it's hard to find them and some of them it's easy. So th- these two little pieces of rhodium that I showed you just now cost more than all the other elements on that collection put together. Yeah. That's, that's how, wow. that's what we're talking about. So Leanne, you asked about the ones with the black lids. Here's some depleted yeah. uranium. So you, this is uranium. Obviously sure. it's, uh, that, that, that would have come from some old reactor or it would have been spent fuel. And it's it's remarkably easy to get this stuff. I don't know what most people would want to do with uranium. Of course, uranium gives off uh, alpha particles when it is uh, radioactive. Um, those can be stopped with glass. So you can see it's in a little tube inside the bottle. A lot of these I'm not elements seeing the are picture sealed. again for some reason. A lot of these elements are yeah. sealed within a glass tube because ah. some of them are very reactive. Some of them you don't want to spill anywhere and it kind of keeps the collection tidy um here's a good example of why you want to keep something in its bottle can you see this is called tellurium yeah can you see that one so tellurium tellurium is a is a a metalloid so it's partly a metal partly a non-metal it's in the oxygen group why you seal that up in a glass tube is because if you get it on your hands it'll smell like rotten garlic and you will not be able to get rid of that smell. Your breath, your sweat, you will stink like a like a, a homeless person who's been under a bridge for seven years and hasn't wiped their backsides once. So it's really awful stuff if you get it on your yeah. on your skin. So that's tellurium. You don't want that on you. Here's one that's fun, a real, fun trick to try to uh, play on someone. No, hell no. You, I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't want to because it, apparently it's very, very difficult. It'll, it'll stay there Ugh, for like weeks. Awful. You won't be able to get rid of the smell. Um, here's a, an interesting one that Rail might know. This is osmium, which, apart from gold and one other element called cesium, who are, who are metals, um, osmium has this blue color to it. Uh, most metals are silvery white, 
right? And and only gold is the is the obvious exception, and copper is the other exception. But here's osmium, which has this blue color to it. You can see I haven't put any any artificial light on in the background. I just tried to light it well. And if you compare the color of osmium, which is the densest metal of all, by the way, those little balls of osmium, small as they may be, weigh as much as you know a kilogram, or not a kilogram, but a, but a huge space, a huge density, a huge quantity of something like magnesium. It's very, very dense. Um, and they use osmium in, in those old pens, like calligraphy pens, those fountain pens that they used to make, um, because it's very, very hard and it's very, very dense and it lasts a long time. Yeah. I, I, I mean, the other one would be ir- iridium, right? So slightly, <clears throat> you'd also get like, uh, yeah. yeah. Iridium is very, very hard to find. And iridium is, is rare because they found more of it in asteroids than they have in in earth and one of the ways they can date the time the dinosaurs died is there's a layer of iridium in that layer of rock that could only have come from outer space because it's not as easy to find it's not as abundant in the rest of the earth's crust so it's one of the reasons we know that the dinosaurs were wiped out by a meteor this is what's amazing about chemistry is you learn a bit about geology a bit about about metallurgy you learn a little bit about coins you learn a little bit about all these things um there are a couple of the really dangerous though so i'm just going to show you one or two of those quickly uh here are two liquid metals the only two Liquid at room temperature, not just metal, sorry, elements. Um, the one is called mercury, which you're familiar with from those old thermometers. It's also the only liquid metal at room temperature. So it's very, very curious, also very dangerous. The, the uh, term mad as a hatter comes from the use of mercury and mercury salts in flattening out hats. So the milliners, a milliner is a, is a hat maker, used mm-hmm. to use mercury salts to make the shapes of hats to fit on people's heads and they would breathe them in and they'd go crazy because mercury is poisonous oh, and eventually it settles in your brain and you go, you go completely insane. So mad as a hatter comes from mercury and bromine wow. next to it is also a horrible substance. Um, bromine is one of the halogens, which are the most reactive non-metals. And you can see it's this brown, red colored. It's very viscous. It's sort of half between gas and, and liquid most of the time. Um, you can use bromine as a disinfectant, but it's the younger brother of chlorine, which is obviously dangerous for a number of reasons as well and has been used as a biological weapon, you know, a chemical weapon. Um, bromine's most scary relative is this one, fluorine. Fluorine is so impossibly difficult to keep. Uh, I don't know if you can see this properly, but that tiny sample of fluorine, which is maybe at this point, there are probably only a few atoms of it left in this sample. So fluorine is impossible to isolate. It reacts with everything. So it's inside a quartz capsule, inside a glass tube inside that bottle. So there are three layers of protection Hmm. around this fluorine, and it's probably still reacted with the quartz. It reacts with everything, wood, asbestos, metals, uh, water, air, It'll react with anything. So it's one of the hardest things to keep in a chemical collection, fluorine. And trust me, I've tried. It's very hard to get these samples. It's also extremely dangerous. Um, it has, it has properties. It's, it's compounds have properties that will kill you. So you've got to be really careful how you keep fluorine, but that's one of the most interesting ones on the, on the periodic table. And then I've got this, which I think Grail will be interested in too. Now that looks like gold but it's actually the most reactive metal on the periodic table. It's called cesium. 
and cesium will that tube is, is sealed it's um it's ampulled which is what they call it when they seal a glass tube with something in it under argon which is a non-reactive gas um argon is also an element but you see the sample of argon it looks like an empty tube right now, the reason that they do this with cesium is because it also reacts with everything. So you asked earlier, Leanne, if I had to open up two of these bottles and let the two react. If you put cesium yeah. and fluorine in an environment together, you have the perfect combination for an enormous explosion. Because cesium, the oh, element, cool. is trying to get rid of one atom, uh, one, one electron in its outer, uh, in its outer ring of, of, uh, of electrons. Fluorine just needs one. So it's like the perfect marriage. And these two get together and there's lots of fire and heat and pressure and temperature and ugliness and explosion. But cesium is amazing because in that little ampule, and if I hold it in my hand, it actually melts. It melts just above room temperature and just below body temperature. So it'll actually run like liquid gold in that little ampule. It's beautiful to watch, but God help you if that glass breaks. Because you will have a chemical burn that you won't forget. So, so uh, cesium is a really interesting thing, right? It's one of the th three or four. Th I, I think it's three metals uh, at room temp temperature that go liquid. And if you actually, um, so in class we used to, uh, you, you could observe it and almost uh, uh, tip and let it like uh, run in like a um, half sh half little kind of beaker kind of thing. I, I don't really know how to describe. It. And you watch it uh, run. It's like a it's like an artwork. Uh, the, the way it turns. It is beautiful. Yeah. And then it recrystallizes once it gets cooler and it makes these beautiful golden crystals. Again, I said, and you're right, um, Bulelo, there are three metals that are liquid at room temperature. Yeah. So those would be cesium, gallium, mercury, which you saw just now, and gallium. Yeah. Gallium, they used to make those joke teaspoons out yeah. of where you'd stir your tea and the, the, the yeah. teaspoon would melt yeah. into the tea. Um, and it's not poisonous. So gallium, unlike mercury, is used in a lot of thermometers these days too. Mm. But these are the fascinating properties of all of these things. And when you actually have them in your hand and you can look at them and you can play with them and you can do experiments with them, that's why I collect the stuff. And people always ask, well, what are you going to make? I'm not trying to cure cancer here. <laughs> you know, I'm just, I'm just trying to learn about the world. <laughs> and I find this stuff fascinating. And that's also why, I mean, it's, it's really cool to, to have stuff that you guys at the SA Gold Coin Exchange make, like the platinum coins and the gold coins and the palladium coins, because those are elements. They're part of the building blocks of nature. It's phenomenal. Yeah. And uh, Gareth, like, you, you are so like you spend time on it, you learn about it, and it's really just like every other collection. People We've seen people in the last year, they were just so passionate about what they're doing. It doesn't matter about the value. It's really about the, the passion inside of it. So uh, we see it all the time. It could be matchboxes or spiders or something like that we know probably can't have value, but people are just so interested in it. And um, I, I wanted to point out here, there's um, you can Google it, uh, mini museums. Uh, it's these tiny little uh, acrylic boxes you get, and they will give you like a tiny piece of, dinosaur bone and oh, wow. uh, a piece of uh, Steve Jobs' shirt and I'm all of these crazy collect. You can Google it and wow. check it out. It's an amazing product. Um, and, you know, you can learn about something that's tiny, but you got it in your home or you keep it safe. And 
uh, it just sort of fuels this passion. It's something you do and you read about. And um, sometimes you go through phases when you're not interested in your collection. Yeah. Uh, maybe you're just busy. And then one day you read an article, you get hooked again, and you start searching for the next Absolutely. thing to buy in your uh, chemistry collection. Well, you know what? I mean, you just hit on, on two things that are so true. You do fall in and out of love with your collections. You kind of forget about it for a while. And then when I, I was getting ready for this morning's show, I suddenly realized like, I love this stuff. I want to go back into it now and try and find some of the ones that I still haven't found. And believe me, like there are a lot that are they're not the kind of things you want to keep in your house. I mean, some of these, I've got very small samples of them because anything more than a couple of grams would just be you know, it's like having a a very, you can imagine that you don't, you don't want to keep something deadly dangerous in your house. You, you wouldn't want to keep uh, a huge amount of hydrogen, for example, in your house. <laughs> if you did and it exploded, you'd have a pretty big uh, problem on your hands. So yeah, some no, of this stuff. <laughs> I mean, if an elephant had to sit down on all those little bottles at once, Oof, it would probably problem. find itself on the moon quite easily. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and look, they are small samples, so I don't think you'd have any major problems here. But it's nice to know that in some small sample in this collection, I have a representation of every one of those elements on that table. And it makes me happy to go look at them mm. sometimes. I'm like, oh, I wonder what hafnium looks like. Here's hafnium <laughs> or a little piece of tungsten or, you know, something like um, zinc. And zinc melts at a fairly low temperature. So you just heat zinc up and you can cast little things with it. Lead, which we all know about lead, you know, that was part of the reason the Roman Empire fell because lead poisoning, their pipes, plumbing comes from plumbum, PB is the symbol for lead. All of these things are interesting. There's a bit of history in there. There's a bit of geology. There's a bit of metallurgy. There's a bit of chemistry. There's even a bit of, uh, of, of, of physics and, and more complicated science involved in all of this stuff. And it's just a world of exploration that you'd never get tired of. And I'm just thrilled to collect these things. I mean, it's, uh, it's amazing that you, some of it's very hard to transport. Some people just will not send it by post. Uh, you mentioned gallium metal earlier. Um, Bulelo, you can get gallium in very small samples, but they won't send it by plane. No, because, with good reason. <laughs> because if gallium and aluminium, which most planes are made of aluminium, come into contact with each other, the gallium actually starts to disintegrate the aluminium. And they won't even allow it on planes. Because if a little bit of it escapes from a bottle or something, you end up with a hole in the fuselage, and that's not so much fun. No. If you, one last question for me. Um, if you had to name your child after one of the elements, what would it be? <laughs> uh, none of them really have pretty names for people. I mean, you know, some people call their children diamond or gold or whatever because those are valuable things. Mercury, but I've heard. Mercury's probably been used a couple of times, but you wouldn't call your child cesium or fluorine. I think the nicest <laughs> name, the most beautiful name for an, for an element is probably tellurium. Um, and, and it's just, it's just a lovely sounding word. I'm not even sure what I, I once learned what it means. I'll have to look it up for you now, but I think that's a pretty word. Um, you know, some of the more rhodium comes from, uh, from, from ro roads. So it would have come from Rhodos, but it actually also has something to do with the red color of a flame when you burn it. So just looking at the ones we've spoken about and remember there are 118, I couldn't go through all of them. Um, those are 
those are probably quite nice names, but I wouldn't necessarily mm. go and look for inspiration from the periodic table. You're going to name your kid. <laughs> yeah, because the, the, there's also a certain type of person who's called Mercury, right? Like yeah. Yeah. it almost shapes them yeah. in and, a yeah. direction now. And, and, and remember what mercurial, if you say someone is mercurial, it means that they are yeah. quick to change. Yeah. They're not very dependable. They're not very reliable. Britney so Spears. Uh, Britney the, Spears is mercurial. Right. Very mercurial. There we go. <laughs> so I'm sorry, guys. That's all we got time for on this collection. I could, I could awesome. talk about this for three days with you and I wouldn't get bored, but I don't want to be uh, super turbo nerdy. Um, and I did want to share one of my collections to start the year. We're going to have lots of other people with fascinating collections through the course of the year. And Rail, it's always good to have you on. It's great to, to hear what you guys do. And don't forget to go. Now they've just moved. You guys have just moved your offices, right? Yeah, we just moved. We were in uh, just around the corner in uh, Santon City's main building. We were there for 27 years. Uh, my father started out there. And we've moved and around the, the corner to the mark, the big golden pineapple. If you look, looking awesome. out for a golden pineapple, we're there. Um, it's a brand new start with uh, amazing ideas and innovations coming this year. And we're proud to be part of this uh, idea, ideology of collecting. Uh, it's an it's important lovely. part of who we all are. So I'm looking forward to a year with you guys. Thank you. Awesome, Rail. And I just got to say here, Dory, my producer, said that I should really be cheesy this morning and say, today I'm in my element. But I, oh. I that's from Dory. I didn't say it. All right. Oh, I quite like <laughs> check it. Out, uh, <laughs> check out the South African Gold Coin Exchange and the Scoin Shop. You can find out more from them online at scoinshop.com. And we'll have some more collections coming at you in the next while. That's all we got time for this morning. Cliffcentral.com.